Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode. This is our last episode of the 2020 season of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. It's sad to not just think this is our last episode of the season, but to think that uh, we had to end in December and we couldn't end in January or February uh, based on how terrible we did this year. But we have a lot to talk about. We're going in to play the Raiders. We're going to go our arch nemesis. And nobody is going into this game thinking or wanting to lose. So there's a lot at stake here because this is for the AFC West third place, basically in the AFC West, unless the Chargers also lose. There's a chance that we could finish second in the AFC West. So there's a lot at stake here, uh, especially when it comes to um, moral victories, I guess, uh, if you could say that. So yeah, make sure you grab a beer. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Share us uh, throughout off season. We'll have a bunch of stuff for you guys. Obviously, it's the end of this season, but make sure you subscribe so that when we do put out stuff, you get those notifications and are following us on all of our uh, social media pages. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. And we're back. And we're and back. And here we are. And we're back. All right, David, uh, last episode of the season. How's it feel? Oh, man, it feels a little surreal right now, Jared. Like, it, you know, for so much of the season, we were just like, are we even going to get to next week? And right. sometimes the answer was no. And sometimes we wished the answer was no. But uh, you know, it, it's been a weird one. Um, obviously, a season that many Broncos fans would probably like to forget, at least as far as the stats go. Um, not one that we're likely to forget, though. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot to build on moving forward. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about Drew Locke coming up. Um, but there's a lot more on this team that's not Drew Locke to be excited about too going into next year. Um, you know, a year from now, we're going to have a, a ton more clarity than we do at this point. Um, so, you know, I know that sounds like a, a long time, um, but just heading into the off season, that's my biggest thought is clarity's coming uh, if nothing else. Yeah, if just a little bit of recap on the year, I mean, you mentioned on the Tuesday night show, and I think it bears repeating for here for those that don't follow the Tuesday night shows. Uh, there's a chance that this season didn't happen, uh, and you know, each each and every week it looked like there was possibilities, like just whole weeks would get canceled. I mean, and we found out early with the, our New England game getting rescheduled. Uh, we found out real early that that, that this is a real uh, issue, and there was there was an opportunity. This whole season didn't even happen, and I'm just happy it did. I, I really am as as much as we. Don't look great on the stat sheet as much as, you know, we, we can't go out and bragging about how good we are. Uh, we do have a lot of young players that got a lot of really quality time in there. Because imagine not having a season this year, going into next season being just, you know, still all these young guys with no time to practice, no time to, to prepare. Uh, I, I don't know. And this is also, I want to say, this is the first time going into an offseason that in the past since, you know, Super Bowl 50, that I'm actually comfortable with not making many changes. Mm-hmm. And actually just letting letting our team, you know, develop the way that we want them to develop, you know, especially right after the Peyton Manning era, we, we had this win now mentality where we're just picking up guys, picking up guys, you know, uh, using the waiver. And um, 
it wasn't working. And I think this year was the first year and last year was the first year that we're like, Hey, let's, let's start working from the draft. Let's start working from the draft and and get some young guys. that's going to be with our team for a while and do it that way. And I, I think this is the first year that I feel like actually feel it going into the off season that we have the young talent to be able to just progress, possibly progress into being a better team. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, it, you know, it's it kind of sucks that the draft is going to be what it's going to be this year because we we're yes. going to have to rely on that, you know, to continue to build this young core. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Jared. I think there's there's a lot of room for the roster to just grow as it is instead of needing wholesale infusions of talent at all of the different positions on you know the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Um, right. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they execute this offseason. Uh, you know, they're all obviously crucial offseasons, so I don't want to say this one's more or less <laughs> crucial than any other in the John Elway era. Well, I'll uh, tell you who it is. I'll, I'll tell you who it is crucial for. It's crucial yeah. for Vic Fangio. Oh, gosh. It's crucial yeah. for the coaching staff. This mm-hmm. off, this offseason, the beginning of next season is crucial for this coaching staff. They they got the nod to go ahead and, you know, you're, you got next year. You got the reins for this offseason. Now, if we mess it up, we know who's going to get the who's going to get the finger pointed to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, probably if if it doesn't work out with Fangio, I don't know that the finger pointing stops at him. I think it probably ends up a little bit higher on the ladder uh, because I think if you know a big portion of Vic Fangio and the team not working out next year will be the quarterback not working out next year. Right. So if that happens, uh, you know, how much more room for error does John Elway have? Um, but yeah. Yeah, these are discussions that are a little bit premature as far as all of that goes, but it's really good to be thinking about these discussions because they may be, you know, if this if next year goes like this year, that's the conversation we're going to be having. Right, and it's going to be a lot more under the microscope than I think it has in past years. Uh, you know, there's been people calling for John Elway for a couple of years, basically ever since we lo- that first season we didn't make the playoffs after the Super Bowl. Um, everyone's been thinking, oh, Jim, John Elway's washed up, get rid of him, he, he's a terrible GM. Um, I don't think that's the case. But uh, that's just a personal opinion. But I think this is the first year. This is going to be the first year with bringing back the coach that, uh, you know, did the same, almost the same record uh, as some of the other coaches that we fired in the past. And uh, bringing him back, I think it's going to put him under the microscope too. And I think he knows that. I think he knows the risk he's taken with that. Um, but that is, you know, some some news coming out, if you guys haven't followed, is that uh, it's been confirmed through sources um, that uh, – Vic Fangio is keeping his job for the next season. We don't know about his whole coaching staff, but normally when the head coach stays, it's up to the head coach to decide whether or not he wants his whole coaching staff to come back, including guys like Pat Shermer, uh, who a lot of people are also asking for, which again, I'm not on that train. I do think that he is a good offensive coordinator. We just need to get down the timing um, and some of the mistakes that we've been making on offense, but we're here for the pregame. We're here to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, um, I, I may pause every single time I say that uh, I've been I've been calling the Chargers San Diego Chargers for a long time, so uh, it's going to take me a while to get this this Raiders thing down. But so we're going into the um, in, into uh, we have a home game this week, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, you're not we played, mistaken. We we played there in their uh, toilet bowl last time, so we're heading back into Denver, which we do not have a great record in uh, to take on the the Raiders. And a game that doesn't mean anything for either one of us. We're both eliminated from the playoffs. Other than there's certain people on the chopping block, guys like Carr is, you know, they are, is he going to be the quarterback of the future? 
Um, you know, I mean, their head coach got this huge, huge deal. He's under the microscope right now. So what, what's the big, what's kind of like, before we go into the minutia and we get into like X's nose here, what's kind of the big picture storyline that's really catching your attention for this seemingly useless game? Um, wow. I'm sorry. You just said Derek Carr not being with the Raiders next year. And I had this like horrifying vision of some alternate universe where he ends up here um oh, oh wow <laughs> I, I, listen i'm not i'm not advocating for it i'm just saying it flashed before my eyes and i didn't like it now i'm a little shook um <laughs> refocusing onto some storylines for this as you called it quite rightly meaningless game for both teams um it's still a rivalry it's still uh, you know the broncos dropped one you know, the, the Raiders dropped a 40-burger on us last time, and what, what, what did we score, six points um, the last time we played? The, the defense was all over Drew Locke. The secondary up front, it was it was kind of a nightmare for, a de- you know, it was obviously their best defensive performance, I think, of the year, or one of their best defensive performances of the year, and we looked totally incompetent in everything we tried to do. So for us, you know, just use it as a measuring stick of Drew Locke's progress. And he is making progress. He's doing things better. Uh, You know, he's not a complete package yet. And the the truth of it is he had a lot of stuff to work on. So it's not all fixed immediately. But he's fixing stuff. And, you know, continue to fix stuff. Look better against a defense that you already played against and destroyed you last time. Yes, yeah, those are kind of my my first initial thoughts. Yeah, I, and I, again, I think this is you know you you kind of for those that can't see when I said moral victory, I got this I the probably the largest eye roll I've ever gotten from David. Uh, you know, in, in the fact that we we don't really believe in moral victories, and honestly, I don't think the win or loss in the column here is going to affect anybody's job. It's kind of basically already been decided who's going to stay, who's going to go. Um, I, I, I'm not in those conversations. I don't know those things. I don't know who it is, but I believe that it's, it's basically already said. There's nobody going into this game going like, well, depending on how he does in this game, um, we'll, we'll decide on whether or not we want to keep him. Um, but yeah, I think like you're right. For us, the the victory is getting pretty much embarrassed last time we played him. And, and it's tough to get embarrassed by the Raiders after being so good for so long. And, uh, you know, we obviously cannot stand the Raiders uh, at all. So how do we not get embarrassed by the Raiders, I guess, is the question now that we have to go into. Like, what do we need to do different? And and before we go into it, let me just a quick recap of what happened last time. Derek Carr only threw for 154 yards. But that's because Jacobs had 21 carries for 112 yards and two touchdowns. And we could not get anything going in the passing game. Uh, Drew Locke threw how many interceptions did you do? You remember Drew Locke throwing? God, was that the four interception game? Four interceptions. That was when Drew Locke bottomed out. That was yes. when he bottomed out this season. And he's bounced back since then. And Correct. that's what he's been improving since then. But man. But that was another game that we threw for 47 times yeah. against the 31st ranked defense in the league. And you're trying to throw 47 times against them. Obviously, a lot of it came down to towards the end of the game. Anytime we got the ball, we we're just trying to throw to make something happen because we got down early. Right. Uh, halftime, it was 10 to 6. And then they scored 10 points. It was 20 to 6 at the end of the third. And the final score was uh, 37 to 12. Uh, it was just it was just rough. Um 
Yeah. So what do we need to do differently on offense? Let's talk uh, start offense. What do we need to do differently on offense? And I know you're going to say don't throw four interceptions. I feel like that's pretty straightforward. But what do we, I don't know we need to do on offense to be able to take down these Raiders and not get embarrassed again? You know, honestly, I wasn't going to say that this time because uh, I thought <laughs> I thought it went with. I was hoping it went without saying. Uh, you yeah, know, the you've offense, done that before. Yeah, I, I, that's true. Uh, you know, the offensive line is playing better. I think they're playing average to slightly above average as far as the, just the league offensive lines are going right now. Um, they gave Drew Locke pretty good protection against the Chargers last week. I know it's Chargers without Melvin Ingram, without without their top Joey three Bosa. pass rushers. Yeah, right. uh, you know, and their, their, their number two pass rusher this year wasn't even Melvin Ingram. Um, but they didn't have really anybody back there, but we played well there. And so, you know, continue to protect Drew Locke up front, allow him to just continue to improve what he's doing and not have to worry about a rush in his face. Like let him get, you know, if he's going to have issues working through his progressions, whatever, but don't give him, I don't, I'm not trying to say don't give him that excuse, but don't give him reasons to abandon his process you know, that he's not, he, he sometimes manufactures reasons to abandon his process and he's getting better at that too, but don't give him reasons to abandon his process. If you're the offensive line. Uh, that, that was a good point, David. I, I think the biggest part here is and obviously the offensive line has gotten better. And I think that's just kind of like the storyline for all of us throughout the whole season is everywhere, everywhere that we've kind of been like having issues with has just gotten better. Obviously last week, a lot of issues with our receiving uh, specifically one individual, I uh, don't want to beat him up for it, but obviously that was a tough, a tough part. What what I want to see is I'm going to bring it back to the coaching decisions. I want to I want to see us going back to a more of a 50-50 run run pass split. So last week, for whatever reason, we decided to throw 47 times again. We cannot be throwing for 47 times and winning games. Drew Locke is not that guy. I I don't I'm not saying that in the future I don't think he can be that guy, but I I could think of a handful of people that I would put 47 throws on in a game. And, and it includes basically all pro bowlers, you know, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like those guys can throw 47 times a game. Drew Locke should not be throwing 47 times a game. Nope. Period. No. Nope. So, and only rushing for 28 yards when we have Melvin Gordon and, you know, I still believe in Royce Freeman. I think he's very good. Um, I don't know what the status of uh, Levante Bellamy is. Uh, I know that he went out last week and we're kind of tracking his, um, his status, but I think if Royce Freeman can go back healthy, I think Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, we had 4.8 yards per carry as an average on the whole, the whole team had 4.8 yards per carry. We need to go back to that 50, 50 split. We yeah. need to be able to get the ball to our running backs in key moments. And obviously when, when we are throwing the ball, we need to make sure that we're connecting, uh, making good decisions and, and, and catching the ball. And the team's been moving the ball between the twenties. It's been really frustrating because oh, it's, they can do that. They've been moving down the field converting third downs even not at like a 60% rate but you know like at 45% in some games and you know that's not abysmal it's not a great offense by any stretch of the imagination but they just sometimes they stall out in the in the red zone so often we saw a couple of miscues this last game the, the red zone interception by Locke uh trying to make a play and uh, you know I'm going to throw Tim Jenkins a shout out uh, here anyway um his last film breakdown uh, specifically of that interception showed you know obviously drew lock you can't throw that in there um right. but on a scramble drill you know he show, he demonstrates clearly what a team is supposed to do on a scramble drill when the quarterback's out of the pocket and none of the receivers yeah your your guy tim patrick unfortunately has to be the goat on that one 
Yeah. He didn't, you know, he was kind of just not working back to the quarterback and not holding his guy in position when he just, right. when a, a ball started coming his way, and his was the guy that got the the interception. Uh, so, you know, so it's yeah, just, I, kinda... I, and I and I saw that, and I I, I do mm-hmm. I agree. He was that was a super lazy play on all the receivers' parts. Now I I don't blame him for the interception. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his guys his guy got the interception, but even if you do hold it there, that's not. I, you know, he could have made a better attempt to try to go get that ball. Uh, There's other options there. But, yeah, you're right. He was super lazy. But I, I'm definitely not – that, that's, that's just – you know, I think Lock, that's just a team that seems defeated. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's guys who are kind of playing out the string here. Um, and a losing season, you've got a maximum of six wins this season. And, you know, guys who I think were ready to kind of wrap it up and not looking to sacrifice necessarily their future health for – a game this late in this kind of season. Yeah, and, and on the tip, I, I also watched that film breakdown. He did a very good job of the the pros and cons. If you haven't followed Tim Jenkins, make sure you go watch his uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, follow his YouTube page, follow him on Twitter. But um, he has a very good breakdown of all the quarterback uh, with Drew Locke, all the all the issues that he's been having, plus all the good things that you saw, which which I think was there, there were more good things and bad things this last episode or this last game. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys go follow him. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think there needs to be a little bit more sense of urgency and I don't know if we're going to get that, unfortunately, a lot. And that, that does come down to locker room. Like, what are you going to give me on this game? What, what's you, what are you playing for? You got to find that reach deep and find out what you're playing for, you know? Right. So Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and getting back to specifically what the offense needs to do, um, like, you know, you said run the football, um, just get your pass, get the passing game in sync too. I don't know, you know. Again, we don't necessarily need to see them throw for forty-five times or for four touchdowns to say they had a successful day. Like you said, we'd really rather they not throw for forty-five times. But just you know, when you when you can, when you've got a intermediate pass, or when the situation calls for an intermediate pass, do it when the team's expecting a pass, maybe run. And then when they're expecting run, maybe pass, you know, take shots when a situation calls for it, but don't take it for the sake of taking shots. Just get into a rhythm, show that you can do with these weapons, you know, what they should be able to do. Look functional at at every level. And once you get into the red zone, score touchdowns. I agree. All right, let's get into our our breakdown. Find me a uh, a player on our offense that you're looking forward to, or a matchup on on our offense that you're looking forward to this episode or this game. Hmm. Do I do this to you? Do it. I'll I'll find I'll find another one. Well, all right, uh, Jerry Judy. Obviously, um, I want to see. You know, even if he's not catching a bunch of balls, I just want to see how he bounces back. What his body language is like. Um, he took it pretty tough on the field. Uh, he, he was demonstratively upset with himself and afterwards, you know, with the media, it took full, the full blame for his performance. Uh, I think he was credited officially with five drops um, yeah. in one, in a single game. That's pretty absurd. Um, but he knows that. And he's a hardworking guy who takes pride in the fact that he's, a, you know, a better football player than that. So just to see whether he's getting footballs or not and whether he's having, you know, big time numbers or not, just see how his body language is, see how he's reacting, especially if he does have a little more adversity. See, you know, see how he takes that and see how he moves forward. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's huge, especially when you're talking about this. This defensive backfield is not nearly as good as the the Chargers' defensive backfield. Uh, he's gonna get open. I mean, he was open against the Chargers too. Obviously, it was just uh, whether or not he he secured the catch. But he was targeted 15 times that game. 15 times, and then, yeah. 15, and this is something I mentioned on the. You know, if you're listening to this as well, and I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I mentioned on the uh, post game podcast is uh, the the cool thing about that whole thing, that whole situation is obviously. For those of you that know, uh, Drew Locke went to him on the sideline and kind of gave him this like kind of pep talk, like, hey, man, you got to forget about it, move on. But the other cool thing about that was that he kept targeting him, meaning he yep. still trusts him and they still have that chemistry. They're still trying to get that going. And he kept targeting him because he wanted him to have that comeback. Uh, obviously, the drop touchdown, I think, was kind of the like nail in the coffin for most Broncos country. And I think even for Drew Locke, I don't think he got um, a target after that. But um yeah, so I, that's a that's a good choice. Uh, we, you know what I want to see, and I'm going to go back to what you mentioned. I think the interior offensive line has a really good chance of having an amazing game this week. They're they're hurting on the interior defensive line, and their linebackers are not playing very well. If we can get the run game going, that zone run on the interior defensive line, looking specifically, and we're both picking rookies because again, it's a kind of a lost season. We're looking at somebody that uh, who who is going to be that that next level up and somebody that's had a really struggling uh, year is Lloyd Cushenberry coming in as a rookie center is very difficult. It's a very, very difficult position to play and uh, to, especially to play on an elite level against people like, you know, and especially in the AFC West, we have a lot of interior defensive linemen that are just really, really good. So he is, he is someone that I'm going to look out for. I think, I think he can have a very good game. I think this interior offensive line, him, Reisner and Glasgow are going to have a very, very good game this week, um, including in just running the ball up the middle. I think that's going to be our game plan. I think that's just gonna, what's going to, what's going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's a really good point. And you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Another young man who's struggled and at times and is just really looking to put together a, a you know, strong last game to head into this off season which will be really crucial in his development. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's switch the ball over to the defensive side. Kind of some, um, you know, big name things. Uh, Bradley Chubb. uh, Obviously we didn't have him last week. We probably won't have him again this week, just as a general, Um, our defensive backs are, yeah, looking great. The same. So yeah. 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 We're, we're in the same situation. I think if I'm looking at this, the only real, Official starters from the beginning of the season are Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and uh, Alexander Johnson on this defense that are like the number one guys. Shelby Harris is playing lights out, though. Of I mean, course, he's, yeah. having, he's having himself a season. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of offers he gets this season after because he's been he's improved every facet of his game. Uh, absolutely. It's been incredible to watch. And um, I think I saw a tweet earlier that said the Broncos have started 34 players. No, not the started. Um, but 34 players have played a snap for the Broncos on, on defense. This I'm not, I, I, right. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. That's, that's, you've got, that's the equivalent of running three for three full teams of defenses out there at certain points in the, in the season, plus one guy to spare. It's yeah. just, you know, watching Vic Fangio do what he's done with these guys, just to have them look at anything at, at all competent is I think really impressive. You know, you got guys like Nate Harrison coming off of the 49ers practice squad. I don't know if that's even his name. I think that might not be his name. Um, but anyway, uh, Will Parks coming back. Uh, that was huge. So, you know, just stuff like that, putting pieces together. Um, and it is Nate Harrison. I got it. All right. Um, <laughs> but just putting pieces out there and, and kind of seeing who's working and then seeing who's not working, like Devontae Bosby last week. Uh, who's, who we're glad to have, but you know he's he's a reserve for a reason. 
Um, you don't necessarily want him out there covering a number one or t- number two receiver. Uh, right. It's just it's the way they they've got to play right now. And yeah, you've got studs like Shelby Harris in there who you know can do it even when guys like Bradley Chubb aren't available. And you've got guys like Malik Reed who are you know matching Bradley Chubb's output in sacks this year and just playing incredibly well for a reserve. But you know it's it's going to be tough this weekend. Um, the Broncos, when you just watch the tape, the pass rush up front is just not consistent with the guys they've got right now. Um, it's spotty. And, you know, they're good, still coverage sacks, um, but it's just not consistent pressure, which is a problem when you're playing the Raiders. Uh, you know, stat, a stat we've talked about already this season, EPA, um, when there's no play action and no pressure on a drop back, Derek Carr has the fourth highest EPA in the league behind Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. So if you're not getting to him, You'll find an open guy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be really, really rough sailing for these Broncos. And they've got speed all over this Raiders receiving core. They've got Henry Ruggs, who honestly at this point in the season can only really do one thing, which is run fast in a straight line. Uh, (laughs) But if you give him a free release and let him do that, he's going to. They've got Nelson Aguilar, who is a better version of what they wanted Henry Ruggs to be. Um, he's still got that speed, but he can do a little bit more as far as route nu- nuanced route running and things like that. You know, they can torch you deep. And, I, you know, is Josh Jacobs going to play, Jared? I'm not. It, he's- I believe so. I think he was questionable. I don't know if they made an announcement on him. But the other one that you're forgetting, too, on the offensive side is Hunter Renfro. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's, their, he's their one. Here's their go-to guy. He's getting most of their their targets. He's their slot guy. He's their... I mean, he's he, he's the one guy that we're going to have to stop, which means Will Parks. It's going to be a Will Parks versus Hunter Renfro game. Uh, and that, and as I lead into that, I'm going to take that. I think that is my uh, matchup to watch. And we, as you were talking about how well mm-hmm. Will Parks came back and just kind of got thrown back into the offense. Luckily, he'd been with the defense before. So he um, he knew what to do. He knew the play calls. He knew what, what was going on. But mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a, a matchup for him against Hunter Renfro to keep him around maybe next year and because you know obviously we got we left he left with us or we got not rid of him but he left in free agency to go to his hometown team they didn't use him properly we got brought him back and now he's a starter uh for the denver broncos again so i want to see that matchup because if we can stop hunter renfro in the offense i think shelby harris and draymond jones can stop down uh, shut down the run def, uh run offense josh jacobs or no josh jacobs yeah yeah i think you're right um i like that i like that matchup pick um i think who am I going to pick in that matchup? <sighs> There's a lot of weapons on this Raiders offense. I hate to say it. It's, you know. Gruden. I mean, I can give you another hint, and it's like 90% of the time we do these shows, we always talk about the tight end. Yeah, I know. and that's, I, But that's the thing. I was I was thinking about Waller, but it's it's like low-hanging fruit, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Malik Reed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my undrafted rookie. Not rookie, but second-year player. Undrafted second-year guy uh, who has consistently shown that he is exactly the kind of reserve player you want. Um, if he goes out there and gets to eight and a half, nine sacks this season, um, you've got to feel really good about having him come back next year as a reserve pass rusher maybe you get von miller back i don't know what he's looks what he's going to look like his contract situation is kind of funky too so you know i don't want to say we'll see something drastic happen i i don't want to speculate that we've seen the last of von miller as a denver bronco um but if we have you saw what that looks like this year 
and at least having Malik Reed will mitigate some of that loss. Um, yeah. So, you know, having him, you know, this Raiders offensive line is huge. And that's one thing Malik Reed does not really have is a lot, a ton of bulk and power. Um, so he can get, you know, some speed moves on these guys. He could have himself a very good day. Well, I mean, with or without Vaughn, I know towards the end of last season, you kind of saw us putting Vaughn on a snap count to begin with. He wasn't out there for every play. Yeah. Um, so having guys like Malik Reed who can come in and be that substitute for a couple of plays while he needs a break or, you know, almost guaranteed run plays where you can take him out. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's nice to have. It's nice to have that depth. I agree with you there. Yeah. So overall, mm-hmm. we're playing the Raiders again. Yes. We got embarrassed by the Raiders first time. Ugh. What do we expect for this game? It's the 31st ranked defense. Sorry, the 31st ranked offense in the Denver Broncos versus the 31st ranked defense in the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they have the, I believe, we have the sixth ranked defense. And they have the, uh, I'm going to have to pull this up. I think it's like tied for 13th ranked offense. So, and oh, sorry. And then the 32nd ranked special teams in our uh, special teams, you know, we, we were talking about playing bingo last week. Uh, there's certain things that happen every single week. Drew Locke throws a ridiculous over the middle throw or Drew Locke throws an interception. Um, special teams plunder for whatever reason, miss block, or they get like 50 yards on a kickoff return and some other things uh, on that. But, um, terrible special teams versus an okay special teams on their side. In all intents and purposes, this looks like the trash game of the century. Oh yeah, no, this is not one that will be attracting a ton of viewership around the league this this week. Um, it's the Raiders special teams, though. I'm glad you mentioned it because you talked about Hunter Renfro a little bit earlier. Um, he is a pretty decent punt returner and had pretty good success against the Broncos this last time. I think he had one that was called back by a penalty that was really long. But it's something that we're capable of giving up every single time. You just hold your breath and, and hope when we, you see we, that we're punting that ball away. And we're probably going to see us punt that ball away. That, that's going to happen this, this game. It's just a, a Broncos thing that we do. Uh, that being said, it's not going to be a blowout this time. I, I will say that. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are play, You know, the Raiders have definitely taken a downswing since they uh, put that on us. And we've taken an upswing since they put that on us. Uh, and you know, I. What do you think, Jared? Are we going to roll into score predictions here? I, I'm. I'm. I, I think that's probably it's good time as any. Um, that being said, I don't have a score prediction ready. No, I, I'm just kidding. Um, God, I want the Broncos to win this. You know, it's at a certain point you also want, you you wouldn't mind if they lose just because. You know, it's a little bit better draft position, and it doesn't matter in the end if they win or lose this one. But, God, it's always good to beat the Raiders. It always feels nice. It feels like there's something right in the universe, and we could all use that at the end of 2020, right? We we all deserve that, right? Well, it'll be in 2021, I guess, technically. But still, um, ah, hell, it's the last game of the season. Fuck it. 28 Broncos, 24 Raiders. I like it. I like it. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I like the fact that we're picking the Broncos. I actually put money on picking the Broncos last uh, last week, and obviously certain things happened, and I mean, <laughs> lost lost a dollar or two there on Ragers. Uh, if you're not following us, uh, go follow Ragers on our, on our Twitter. Uh, OW See what Ragers. Was. 
see what had happened was we mm. we didn't capitalize on our opportunities. Anyways, we all watched the game. So uh, I'm going to pick the – I think the Denver Broncos are going to win again. I do think this is going to be a higher scoring game. Um, I do think we're, we're probably – this might be the first game that we go up, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see us go up and see how we play with the lead because we haven't had a lot of those games this year that actually did that. So um, with that being said, I think this game is going to be a higher scoring game. I could see it being a 31-27 game for the Broncos. Mm. Um, and and I, I just – believe that because our, our injury prone defense and their defense is trash you know i think we're going to finally dial up some things that's going to get us in the end zone this week um and i think we're going to be probably first to score uh first on the scoreboard for a couple times and then it's going to be them trying to come back and win the game yeah yeah i think you're probably uh, probably right on that, that would not surprise me in the very least um any final thoughts as we kind of roll into this off season jared as we as we wrap up our final final show this final pre-game, show, final, final pre-game, pre-game podcast, podcast until until uh, the the pre-game we're gonna do probably for the week one. I don't know. We don't really do pre-games for the uh, preseason. We might do one overall pre-preseason show uh, yeah. just to give you guys an update on who we're looking at, you know. And then we'll probably do one right after the cuts are made. Um, if we have a preseason next year, that's all still up in the air. We don't know what's happening in this world. Um, but good point kind of expecting that we will uh we'll have a lot of content for everybody make sure you guys are following us make sure you guys are uh tracking us on um on social media make sure you guys are tracking us everywhere we're gonna have a lot of cool shows for you guys we have a fan appreciation show on the 12th january 12th so make sure you guys are joining on that we have a lot of free giveaways for all of you uh if you guys come and join and chit chat with us and we're just gonna be sitting back having a drink that's that's what we're all about we're just sitting back having a drink talking broncos football and and just chit chat with you guys and see what what you guys want to say and stay tuned um, at some point this offseason. Jared and I may lose a bet to a Cowboys fan. So Yes. Yeah, um, this is a this is an exclusive. Uh yeah. we have not mentioned it on any of the shows. So let's not uh, let's you, not go into any further detail yet. Let's, yes, let's actually talk about I, the, it. I'm I'm a little interested to see how many of our viewers, uh how many of our listeners are actually watching the Tuesday night show too, because I know like most people are one or the other. So if you comment something about Cowboys or uh Cowboys jersey on the Tuesday night show, we'll know you're listening. But um yeah, we have a bet with a Cowboys fan that does not look good for us. Uh, Tease that out now, and we'll give you the La Raville Magnifico uh, at some point uh, in the yes. near future. Yeah, but we're going to have a lot of stuff for you guys. Uh, you know, keep with us through the offseason. It's going to be a long offseason. Uh, it always is. You know, towards the season, you get kind of, like you said, sometimes it's like, man, where are we? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a long season, and this one didn't seem that long. This one seemed like every week we're on the edge of our seat. But, um, you know, we're going to get about three weeks of a little bit calm into the offseason, and then we're going to want to get right back into it. So expect a lot from us here at Orange Weekly through the offseason. Um, but other than that, I, I think we need a good game and we need a good win out of this, out of this game. Um, more than anything, we need the win. Um, mm-hmm. then we need the loss. There's a, like you said, there's a chance that we could still pick. I think I was looking at the, the, uh, records of everybody that has, there's still a chance we could pick top eight, top seven. Um, but I don't think the difference between seven and 14 is really going to change what we really draft. Uh, I think we have an idea of what we're going into. Obviously, best player available is an option, but um, I think we have an idea of what we're getting into. And there's going to be a lot. I do think there's going to be one or two thing kind of wrenches thrown into the Denver Broncos in this offseason. There always is at least one or two that are kind of surprising. So we'll see what happens this offseason, and uh, we'll keep you updated as it comes. And maybe we'll have a couple shows, um, a couple podcasts uh, as that happens, just to bring it to you and give, get our into our take on it. But that's all I got, David. I think that's my that's my final closing thoughts. What about you? Oh, really well said, Jared. Um, just thank you so much to all of our listeners, to everybody who makes Orange Weekly happen. You know, Jared was talking about it a little bit. 
uh, when he was talking about the fan appreciation show. But really, you know, we, we say this every week, but it is for you guys. You know, we, we just love to sit around and talk ball. And the fact that you guys come and listen, come and participate with us, it means the world to us. It really does. Uh, you know, we, we say this all the time, too. We don't we don't do it for money. We're not getting paid. Um, we just do it for the love of the game and the love of the team. And so, yeah, I mean, the fact that you guys come and support us every single year, win or lose, and there's been a lot of losing. It means a whole, yeah, it, but it, it really means a lot to us, guys. So thank you so much. Uh, and we will see you next year. Better times are ahead, Broncos country. We'll we'll find them sooner or later. Yeah. Is, is there going to be like a, I will remember you? Is there like a no. montage at the end of this weekend? No, no. I don't want to make them like, <laughs> like ball crying. Like maybe just will like you here. remember me? No, I don't know, Jared, because now I'm thinking of that bad dog commercial. You shouldn't be doing it. You really shouldn't be we'll doing it. back. We'll be back. This isn't goodbye. This is see you later. We'll be back next season. We have been for the last five years, and we are not going anywhere, so stick That's around right. with us. That's but right. as always, we always end off on the same note, and we will end it off every single episode, every single time. No matter what our record is, no matter where we are in the season, we always end it with a Go, go Broncos! Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.